Episode three. Episode three. We're on a roll. Uh, episode three, Voices Power Podcast, a podcast for the black and underrepresented community at Coastal Carolina. Um, and not just for students and those at Coastal Carolina, but for people everywhere. Um, I always say this, that we have listeners from all over and, and of, of all ages, all backgrounds of, of all different identities. So um, this is a podcast for everyone. Um, and I hope everyone does truly enjoy the podcast. We have had a few episodes out and, and uh, we've received some feedback, um, constructive criticism, as well as some positive feedback. So uh, very excited, very grateful for that. Um, but this is the third episode in this episode. This is an episode that really kicks off something very, very great. It kicks off our Black History Month Beyond series, a series to emphasize the fact that uh, black history, celebration and empowerment should not be limited to just one month. And so for the next two months, um, this podcast will spotlight a different faculty, staff, administrator here at Coastal Carolina. So so I'm super excited to kick this off. Um, the first guest for this first episode is someone who um, I truly appreciate um, and hold in the highest regard. It is someone who has assisted me with so much and and not just myself, but many other students as well. And, and, and he's a very, very, very um, important piece of this campus for a lot of people, and, and including for just what he does and, and the impact that he leaves on this campus and, and everything that he stands for and, 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 and just represents. And so I'm really excited for this first guest. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Welcome to the first episode of the Black History Month Beyond series. Um, this is the series that we kind of advertised a little bit and talked about a little bit in the previous episode. Um, I'm super excited for this series. Like I said, it's going to be a series of guests, um, mostly faculty, staff, and administrators from the University of Coastal Carolina, or Coastal Carolina University, rather. Same difference, but um, the illustrious Coastal Carolina University. Um, <laughs> we'll be highlighting a different faculty, staff member, um, every episode, um, basically to um, recognize those faces on campus um, that leave an impact, but also look like um, the underrepresented populations at, in most universities. And this is something big to me because um, not only is it important for people to hear from people in, in uh, positions of power and understand what it took for them to get there, but it's also important for those people to realize that we do respect them and that we do appreciate them. And, and this, this guest now, um, is looking at me funny, but you'll hear a lot of what he has to say. This is, he's one of my favorite people. Um, but we'll get to that. But again, this is the beginning, the inaugural episode of the series, the black history month beyond series, um, a series that is going to go all the way through March to basically, emphasize the fact that you cannot limit black celebration, empowerment, or enlightenment to just one month. It's going to go for two months because we deserve it. And frankly, we deserve a whole year, but that's a topic for another day, discussion for another day. But without further ado, I am going to introduce the first guest for the first episode, um, Travis Overton, who is, what is it? Vice president of executive initiatives. Did I get that right? Yes, that's correct. And then what's the, what's the sec chief of staff? There we go. 
Yes, that's what my email signature says. That's correct. I don't read your emails. Um, the <laughs> the the main title I know you as though um, is an AIM advisor. Um, so for all the black males on campus, if you are interested in in joining AIM, this is one of the people that you have to deal with um, in that space. And yeah, you do have to deal with them, but deal with. Deal with. Yep. Okay. We're going to process that. Okay. Deal with. Um, but how are you feeling today? How are you doing? How was your day? It's been a long day, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling wonderful. Um, first, let me say congratulations to you, uh, Tariq, for bringing this vision to life as you have. I'm incredibly proud of you. Um, to you and Dea for what you have done to bring this to life. Now, I am a little uh, worried, though, because on your earlier podcast, I heard you reference Dea as like your favorite person, and then you just use me as your favorite person. So it sounds like this is a title that you just kind of bestow somewhat regularly. I, I, I think um, if we're going to quote precisely, I definitely said one of, one of. So what one of means is that you're not necessarily the favorite person, but you're one of the favorites. Oh, so, the, so you'll just give everybody the one of title. Not everyone. There's there's I'll, about. I'll be I'll be listening. I'll there's be listening. like five people that have one of titles. I'll be I'll be listening to to see. Okay, and, that that works for me. Okay, you'll hear it a few more times for a few different guests on the yeah, show we'll be, because we'll be noting. You know, we'll be we have to you have to let them know that they're one of my favorite people. Otherwise, I'm doing I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. How are you? I am absolutely tired, but it's for all good reasons. Um, so much going on, but it's all beneficial for my growth, my development, as well as the growth and development of the university. So um, I'm upset with you for keeping me here. For people who don't know, he kind of he held me. Um, what's the word? Hostage. No, it wasn't hostage. What's the word? I'm when people are fabricating stories, I can't help give them words to fabricate stories. He, so I'm just gonna... he basically told me I couldn't leave. He said I can't leave. So now that I, I didn't I didn't leave, so I made the best of where I'm at. But um, yeah, so now I'm tired because I'm making the best of where I'm at. But Oh, I'm sorry. So what you're speaking to is you're speaking to you're not leaving Coastal Carolina. That's what you're speaking mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Oh. You were, were, you, were you thinking about going to the University of Coastal Carolina or were you just... Stay here at Coastal Carolina University, or how exactly was that going to work? That's what you're speaking to. What's the difference between University of and Coastal Carolina University? What's the difference between minus the fact that one doesn't exist? Let's save that part. Sure. What's the difference between uh, Pierre Tariq and Tariq Pierre? So is Coastal Carolina its first name? Is the way the name is situated. So it is in the order by which the name is put together. Well, I mean, in James Bond, he goes by Bond and then James Bond. So that could kind of be Carolina. His ID or any formal um, way in which his name is put, it is not Bond, James Bond. It says James Bond. Yeah, I, I beg to differ on that one. I, I have seen a lot of places that put the last name first. Yes, and they put a comma in order to denote for you that that's not the regular order. Okay, so we can just put a of the and then make it work. So you're going to add, so James of the Bond, Bond of the James, and that would be the same as James Bond? If you look at foreign languages, that is how names are written out. That, that 
Sure, chains of the bond is is the same as James it would bond. be. It would be what what I'll think of my favorite football player. His name is Neymar. Uh, something de Santos. That means of Santos. In in that language, yes. And right now we're speaking in the we're talking of the English language. Is that correct, or have we switched? But it makes sense though, nonetheless. Have, have we have we switched languages? English is the most complicated language anyway. So I would not disagree with you on that, but it sounds like you've lost your argument. Uh, are you continuing your ultimate statements and what you were? Always. Saying? You know how I do. I hold on to things until I know for a fact they're wrong. So maybe in a French few months fry. we'll bring the, the French fry analogy. What? No, 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 I've been it's, thinking about it. Let's leave it alone. Let's leave it alone. I've been it's thinking about it. So. I see. We have, we have things we want to make sure we accomplish in our time this evening to be able to really highlight uh, that voice. Your voice is power. So therefore, as a result of oh. doing that, we want to make absolutely sure that we don't derail and get into French fries. What's that thing called when you're in a movie and it says the movie title? Like it's like the reference to the title? Because that's what you just did. But it was kind of cool. I won't give you too much credit on it because anybody can say your voice is power. Like, you see how I just did it just then? But um, anyway, like you said, we don't want to get derailed. Um, the opening question I will ask you, though, um, I did let everyone know of your title. So chief of staff, um, vice president, president of executive initiatives. Um, what exactly does that mean and what exactly do you do for the university? Interesting. Thanks. I'm really, really glad that you present these questions to me beforehand because it allows me to be able to think about them as you present them. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, so it's interesting. That's actually a, a, a really interesting question because I get asked that question a lot. Um, so I work as part of the administration at Coastal Carolina University um, to really operate and help manage uh, the background things that happen at the university from operations um, to functionality of the institution. And so the vice president part, I supervise various areas of the university. I get to supervise Shant 411, which is an amazing privilege. Um, I get to supervise uh, special events, which is the, the office on campus that programs large scale events like commencement and other types of things that happen on campus. I get to supervise scheduling and event services, which is the um, amazing group of team members that work to facilitate all the different room reservations and facilities on campus in regards to how they're reserved, how they're set up. Um, uh, those types of things. I also get to supervise ITS, Information Technology Services, um, on campus. And right now, I'm also supervising University Marketing Communication and working with philanthropy. Um, and so various areas, university is like a small town, right? So when you go to a small town, you've got different buildings that have different offices that help make that town run. Um, and so a university is just like that. And so those are all different areas of our university that help make it run. And then day to day operationally as chief of staff, um, I basically serve as right hand to the president, uh, representing the president at different functions, helping with operations within the office of the president, helping ensure that communication challenges that might exist on campus are able to be tackled, problems, operational issues, those types of things I help take on um, on behalf of the office of the president. So in that role, I do a little bit of everything across campus with faculty, staff, and students. Uh, partnering with them on campus. When do you sleep? Periodically. Every now and then. I feel like, well, me knowing you personally, I know that you spend a lot of time 
in Singleton, which is where your office is located. Um, and it seems as if you never leave. And to a lot of other people, it does seem the same way as well. Um, mm-hmm. Could you speak to why you put in the hours you put in? Um, I know part of the reason, but can you just speak on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I put in the hours I do because I absolutely have a passion for making sure that students can be successful. Um, I believe firmly uh, that the college experience is one that has the ability to transform the mind uh, of an individual and allow them to be able to grow in ways that they never even may have thought were possible for themselves. Um, And I believe that Coastal is a place that has a platform in which students who maybe at other places are not able to grow the same way and develop the same way are able to do that here. Um, And so for me, um, I love what I do, like coming to work every day in this job or my previous roles at the university uh, were almost like, uh, it's almost like coming to work, just loving what you do each and every day. So therefore being in my office doesn't feel like work a lot of times. It's, It's when you love what you do, you can just do it, keep doing it, Um, and and put as much time and energy as you can into it. Um, But I love this place, um, and I love the people in this place. I love what the the place stands for. Um, And it it has its challenges and and its issues, as as everywhere does. Um, But it's easy to do that much work regularly, being in the office all day, being on campus on weekends for events, um, spending time with students when you know that in the end, it's part of somebody's journey to be able to transform their lives. It's interesting you say that because you're in your office and you've just admitted to being in your office. But yet, no matter how many times I email you, um, I never seem to get an email back within like an hour or so. Am I on the spam list, on the block list or something like that? Yes, you are. Mm. Um, You were added to that after the French fries. And Mm. and at that point, unfortunately, um, I just don't read spam. Mm. Um, and so as a result, yes. Mm. So when you now ask me if I saw your email, I'll just simply say it's it found its way into spam. So, so here's my question is, is for your listeners, Tariq, do you want me to give you the answer that I would give Tariq or do you want me to give you the answer that I would provide for the listeners of this podcast to be able to understand why it may take a while for you to get an email response. From I'll leave that up to you. Well, I've already given you the Tyreek answer, the one that I would give you, and leave it at that, and I wouldn't give any further uh, uh, information. However, I think because you have listeners that would be uh, learning about both me as well as um, learning about other administrators, I think it's important to highlight that um, in a given day, I may see in my email inbox anywhere between two, maybe 300 emails that come into my inbox in a given day, potentially. Um, my email inbox is inundated with emails on a regular basis. I spend a vast majority of my day trying to read through emails. And many of those emails have tasks. So someone is asking me to send them something. Someone is asking me to review something and provide response. Um, and so as I'm going through there, it depends on how far I get at a given time that, that kind of dictates how quickly I can go. Uh, Ty, I used, to have a, I used to have a method where I would try to go through and I would try to pick the things that 
don't need a complicated response and I'll try to just get a quick response. Like let's say if you were, I don't know, emailing me and saying how many French fries come in a McDonald's, you know, whatever, you know, situation. Um, and so therefore if you were doing that, oh, I would try to, you know, go through and if I see that, I'd be like, oh, I can answer that quick. Let me go ahead and answer. But that didn't turn out to be a good technique because what would happen, I would spend all my time doing that and not have the ability to be able to get back to the other emails that were in there. So I had to shift my mode to where I literally just go whatever, what, what's coming in, I just go back and just try to get it responded to and, and get answers to it. Um, and it's a lot to manage, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was in school for both my bachelor's degree, my master's degree, have not pursued a doctorate yet, I hope to in the future. Um, and in my time doing that, um, I, I did not have as many emails as what I have now. So it, it, it takes a lot to be able to keep up with it. And I hate each and every time a student emails me and they don't hear from me because it's not intentional. Um, it is just simply, I just haven't been able to get to it yet. You touch on first, I, I don't believe that last part when it comes to me, but, um, well, you, you know, because yours are in spam. So that really wasn't. Boy. All right. Um, yeah. But you touched on two interesting things. One, you said it is tough to manage. First of all, it should be illegal to receive that many emails in one day. Um, but you touched on that it is difficult to manage. Um, one thing that I've noticed in the black community is that mental health is not a topic that's talked about often. Um, being that you do have, um, again, things that you said that you need to manage with that how as a black man do you talk about your mental health with other people if you have outlets or, or things of that sort but also how do you manage your mental health being that yeah. you're in this position of um, a lot of responsibility and and there's you know a lot that you have to do yeah you know it, that's a that is something as far as management of well first of all let me separate it out i, I think mental health um speaks to the the state of um, the person's mental mindset versus I want to speak a little bit to balance, like work-life balance is a thing. And I was horrible at work-life balance uh, for a very long time. I always was working, working, working constantly. So now I've actually gotten to the point now where I will intentionally stop and say, I have to stop right now because I need to separate from work and I need to go do something else. And I might be able to come back to work later on, but I need to separate. So that's been helpful. I think that in turn has helped me to be able to keep a, a, a good mental state relative to what I do. But I'm going to be honest with you, it, I, I have been very, very fortunate and blessed in my life um, that I have not been faced with heavy mental um, health challenges or, or things that I've had to work through. Um, I've been very fortunate um, and, and throughout my life to not have that. Um, and so as a result, a large part of my mental health is stress um, and management of stress um, and being able to navigate difficult situations. Um, and the way that I work to just manage that is to try my best to remember that things are not personal. Um, in, in my work, that is my job. That is what I do. So even though I enjoy it, even though I absolutely can do it all day long and spend a lot of time doing it, it is still my job. Um, at home and with my family, um, that is my personal life. Um, and so therefore I have to make sure not to take things personal um, in that situation that I'm in with my job. But I will echo your point, mental health within the black community is a stigma because in our, in our families, 
Um, it is something that we regularly think that people say, if you've got something going on, just pray about it and it'll be okay. Um, and so that has been the answer in a lot of our families um, uh, in the black community uh, as we've grown up. And so a lot of times management hasn't been something that we deal with. Um, and it's just more about that is my outlet is to decide to pray um, or to decide to hand it over um, in some way, in a religious way or, or, or whatever that may look like for an individual. And so for me, um, the biggest piece, I have a dog now, um, which I've been wanting for a while, and that forces me to balance, forces me to separate, forces me to get out and walk, spend time that way, which is helpful. Um, but I do think there's a, a much stronger need to constantly talk about the fact that we have individuals who from a mental state um, have, we've got to be able to make sure we're finding ways to help individuals manage the things going through their heads um, and the things that are hurting them. Because that's a lot of cases what bubbles into this larger piece is the hurt, the pain, the trauma that individuals have that begins to, to, to bubble and, and build into this place that becomes completely unmanageable for individuals. Um, and so we have to be able to force ourselves to have conversations, just like we try to do with AIM, have those conversations with individuals so that we can kind of move from that. Since you said something about AIM, um, oftentimes I do hear of, of members in AIM and, and you know friends of mine, brothers of mine that say that they're going to talk to you um, and they're going in your office and they're going to have a conversation with you. And that serves as for a lot of us as an outlet um, and, and what you're saying to manage what's going through our head. We do have to bounce it off people sometimes. Um, what does that student interaction mean for you? Like, like, does that push you through your day sometimes? Like, I know when I come in the office, you absolutely perk up and you're just the happiest I've ever seen you. But for other students as well, what does it mean when when or what does it mean to you rather when when students kind of come in and what does that interaction mean for you? You know, yesterday morning, a student um, that graduated from the university in 2012, she called me um, in the office. I hadn't talked to her in some years. She's now married and she now teaches and she's got two children. Um, and I hadn't talked to her in years. And, and she called me and she said, I need to run something by you. And I was like, what's up? And she's like, I know you're busy. And I was like, I'm never too busy to work to try to figure out a way to answer a question for you. And so we talked through some things. And then she sent me an email afterwards. She said, I just want to let you know that even though I've been gone, I've graduated, and we haven't really stayed in contact, I really appreciate you making time for me. And so to answer your question, absolutely, it not only pushes me through my day, it pushes me through my week, it pushes me through my month, it pushes me through my years to know that that there are students that know that I'm there for them and will choose, make their own decision um, to decide to incorporate, incorporate me in, in their life. Um, I am devastated at any point in time when I see someone ever at Coastal Carolina um, do something to harm a student in a negative way. Um, I, it, I, that is my absolute biggest problem that I will ever see and I have fought it for years at any point in time that I see it um, because students have made the decision to come to this university and if they've developed a relationship with us that means they trust us that means that they're willing to talk to us willing to engage um, and if they make a choice if somebody makes a choice to trust you somebody makes a choice to talk to you that means they are giving of themselves and and for somebody to trust me that much to make that decision 
um, it absolutely is the highlight of my day. And it's the reason, Todd, that, that I don't work anywhere else um, with what I do because the gratification I get from having that conversation with that student can be, cannot be matched by a higher salary. It can't be matched by being somewhere else. Um, going home and knowing that I've been able to connect with that student or be there for that student um, really operates at the core of who I am. Uh, and, and, and it just allows me to know that the placement that I have on this earth um, is benefiting someone. Uh, which for me is is so critically important. It's interesting you say that because when we have conversations, it's mostly just um, me being very intelligent and and you kind of agreeing with my intelligence and saying, you know, you're very intelligent. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I can even recall a time where you said, you know, I, I wish um, that I could be as, intelli- as, as intelligent as you, Tyreek. So, um, you I know. Think something, I think the audio is messed up. I don't. I'm, I'm having an issue understanding what you just said right when you first started talking. So um, I'm, I'll, I'll try to catch up. So just keep talking. I'll try to see if I can catch up to what you're saying. Basically, I'm saying that, um, you know, when we have conversations, it's more so me being, you know, the one with wisdom and, 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 and giving all um, all the yeah, best. Audio, audio is still problematic. I I hope you'll get that fixed. Um, um, but yeah, I hope I've been able to answer your question. <laughs> For people who don't know, um, I first had my, my first interaction with with VPO in what was that the football game? Was it the first interaction? Uh, the first discussion that we had. Yeah. He pulled me aside. Basically, what he said in so many words was, "Dude, you're a loner. Have a conversation with me because." I was at a football game by myself, kind of just walking around, um, and we, we talked for a few minutes then, and we had a good conversation, and then the next time that I can remember was the game night. Am I right on that? Yep, so the yeah. game night. I was actually, looking back on that now, I'm very upset about that night because there was an opportunity for me to win two gift cards, but instead I spent it having conversation. That was like, what, an hour and a half? Yeah, and I remember specifically like how many times you attempted to get up from the table to run in there to go do that, and I continuously just kept saying, "Man, Tariq, no, please don't get up." I remember I, that. I'm hoping we can continue this conversation. I think I had to do that. I mean, I don't know zero times during that conversation. So yeah, that was really really interesting. Anyway, so that happened, and it happened more than zero times. But from then, um, I felt. Um, like you said, which was one of the most important things that I felt here, that I had someone that I can trust. Um, and, and from then, our relationship grew and grew and grew um, to where, you know, really it feels that I can call you or text you at any at any time. And I've it's rare in a, or at least I thought it would be rare in a university where someone in, in such a high position with such responsibilities would have time to to really talk to students. But that's that's really not the case. And, and I think you. You do, uh, I don't want to say this, but I think you do a good job of uh, being a resource for students, not only as someone that they can go to to you know network, but also someone that they can confide in and, and have conversations with and, and really just talk to. And I think that um, for me especially, um, and I say this every time and I mean it more each time we have conversations because normally um, I try not to bother you, you know, even though I know I can and I will. Um, but I, I think the space in between 
when we talk and, 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 you know, it's never every single day. And even if it was, I, I, I might start texting you like once a day. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> but uh, we So we speak every now and then, but I always know that I can reach out. And I think for me, just knowing that I have that um, is, is astronomical because it just it, it makes me appreciate it in, in the times that it, it's not there, not available for me, because I know sometimes I just will not want to talk to people. Um, and I, I say all this to say that, um, one, I appreciate you. Oh, as always, um, and like I said, I, I mean that every time I say it, but two, um, just to touch, uh, go back onto your point that it is true that to have someone in the university that we can trust, especially in such a high position, it's just, it makes the experience so much better. Um, I do want to ask you one question, though. Um, so your position before being chief of staff was what exactly? I was vice president for student rights and responsibilities and dean of students. How did that go? <laughs> it was also an amazing experience. I actually, in that role, had a lot. Um, I had a lot more contact with students because I actually spoke at every orientation um, and worked to connect with students at orientation. Uh, but there was also another side of my my role that uh, was very heavily um, rooted in policy enforcement, holding individuals accountable for violation of policy. Um, that was the other part of my role, um, which most definitely created some folks who may have decided that they, uh, that I wasn't their favorite person, um, which was, you know, understandable. Sometimes Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A situation where you're being held accountable, that that's, you know, that happens. On the, on the topic of, of interacting with students and not being everyone's favorite. Um, and I'm going to use this example very lightly um when people talk about president obama as president um a term often that often comes out and as a matter of fact in the activity that we had in aim it, it this i think i might have said it actually um it was a, a word that was brought up um and that's sellout and 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 basically what people mean when they say a sellout and when they're talking about uh, a black man or a woman in a position of power they're basically saying that you're you know not doing enough for the black community when there's not there's there's an obligation to really be a resource and and and, and aid all people so um could you talk a little bit on if you've heard people refer to you as a sellout and and what that means to you and how you can kind of um put that not to shame but but what answer can you give to that yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've absolutely heard that over the years, particularly in, in the roles that, that I've served in, both in my prior role and in this one. Um, I, I've heard that term associated with me. And in many cases, uh, the common theme when I've heard that term, uh, it is either from people who have had a negative experience with me um, because I've not given them an answer or a response that they feel was the answer or response that they wanted. Um, or it has been in situations where people have um, heard it from someone, um, and so they have they have kind of embodied that perspective that they have. Or thirdly, it's from people who um, don't know me well, um, and so therefore they haven't had the opportunity for us to talk and, and learn one another, so therefore they've come to a conclusion based on what they might see. Um, that term hurts. Um, it hurts because for me, 
I know what I do every day and I work to try to make sure to exemplify that in who I am um, in my walk each and every day. And, and it hurts that there are people that would believe that just because his walk is not what I think it's supposed to be, that automatically relegates him over to this term or to this category. Um, it hurts because in a place where as black and brown individuals in this world were already marginalized, it hurts that we would do something to marginalize someone more because we might not understand or don't like something that they've done. Um, and, and so anytime I've had that experience where I've known that someone has used that term, um, you know, I, I've tried to challenge them to give me examples of where they've seen it. Um, give me examples of where they've seen it and give me the opportunity uh, to be able to talk to them maybe around the examples. Now, in the times when I have asked for examples, sometimes I haven't gotten them. People say, well, I, I don't know. That's just what I've heard. Well, okay, well, that's interesting if that's how you're making your decision. Um, but there, there are some others that have examples. And once we've sat down and I've walked through um, maybe some puzzle pieces that they weren't aware of, um, or maybe some different perspective, then they've helped. You know, one of, there, was a, there was a person who um, was once here at the university, director of Interculture and Inclusion Student Services before our current director, um, and that was Ashley Gaddy. And she was, she was amazing at, at any time she heard something like that, she would stop me and be like, hey, can we talk about this? Um, and we would challenge each other. I would talk to her about my perspective. She would talk to me about hers, but just because we didn't agree, didn't leave her in a place to say that automatically, um, I now don't, don't like you, you're a sellout. So I, I, I like to try to challenge people. I, I want people to tell me that they feel that way because I'd love to be able to talk to them and have the opportunity to talk through kind of how they've arrived to that place. So I like to be able to challenge people past that. Um, to be able to understand maybe some other perspectives that are that are really, really key. Um, I love what I do. I love the opportunity uh, to be able to recognize um, that I am a, a brown face that sits at the leadership table at a predominantly white institution and what that means for the students, faculty, and staff who may see some of themselves in me um, to be able to have me here and I want to be able to serve in whatever way I can. Does that mean I'm always going to give them the answer? They won't. Nope. Doesn't mean that at all. Uh, but what it does mean is that I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep doing what I can to make sure that the experience here um, is one that everyone, everyone can benefit from. And that means if you are black, white, yellow, green. Um, I don't know anybody that's green or yellow. No, there are a few people that are green, but okay. um, fair, fair. But, uh, green in me. So, so therefore, there's a. There, but I mean, no matter who it is, I want to be able to make sure there's an experience that they can benefit from, and that's what I run for each and every day while working at this institution. You said something in that answer. You said, "I love what I do." Um, the first title that I knew that you held was AIM advisor. Um, and that is something that you have talked highly on. And if I'm not mistaken, you said it's one of the main reasons that you you love coming into work and 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 sitting at the tables that you sit at and and including aim discussions in those conversations at that table. Um, could you talk for those who don't know? I think I've said it in previous episodes, but aim is African-American initiative for males. It is an initiative here at Coastal Carolina. It, what, what's the head shake for African American Initiative for Men. 
Okay, it says males on the is office window. Yeah, it changed actually two years ago, I think. Mm, okay, well, I got here, what, a year ago? So, oh, wait. That... I, I give you full pass on that. I'm just giving it Perfect, perfect. But can... <laughs> So, again, I the first title that I knew you held was, and I didn't know what the title was, I just knew that you oversaw AIM meetings, um, but the first title that I knew that you held was AIM Advisor. Um, could you talk a little bit about what that space means to you and what the what all the guys in there, like, the, what that means to you, the whole space in general, just what that means to you? Yeah, the AIM space is so, ties so important to me. Um, I went to a predominantly white institution um, while in school for both my bachelor's and my master's. And um, there were oftentimes, I was very involved and very connected with a lot of different things, but there are oftentimes a lot of times where I didn't necessarily feel as though that this was my place. Um, I didn't feel as though that I could go into a space and be accepted for who I was um, with no question and be in that space and learn about other people and interact with people who look like me, particularly black men, me particularly growing up without my biological father in my life, but an amazing stepfather um, who, who uh, has been in my life for years. Um, but that was a miss for me. And so being here at this institution, having the opportunity to be in this space to help, our goal is we want to be able to create a space where um, black men, African-American men, or individuals who push strongly for the causes that positively help African-American men grow and develop can come together and grow together. Create a home away from home where they can connect, where they can learn how to talk about hard topics, where they can be challenged on how to argue something that they believe strongly in so that they know how to develop an argument so that they can learn what being a leader means and how to get there and what steps to take to be able to get there. And they learn how to actually take action in things and what it means to take action and what are the tangible steps to take action. What does development mean for me as an African-American man and spending this time with others in that space and being challenged on our thought process, um, being supported uh, for who we are and our thought process talking about hard topics, dealing with the emotions that might be attached to something that's happening in this world that is operating and eating away at the single core of who you are because you look around you and you are questioning whether or not this world accepts you for who you are or whether or not you will be dead on the street tomorrow for something um, that you didn't even do or deserve to die for in any shape, form, or fashion because someone else used their power over you but to be in that space and be around individuals who have to walk that walk every day and be connected in that way, uh, the strength of that space um, is just unbelievable. The strength that happens in that space where individuals are able to connect and push people, push each other forward to not be in a crab, uh, a, a crab in a barrel effect where people are pulling each other down, but as opposed to that, people are pushing each other up and finding ways to push another person up because they want to go up and how they can work together to be able to move up is something that I've just always dreamed for African-American men to be able to experience a predominantly white campus. And so I work so incredibly hard with the leadership team of AIM, the pioneers, to be able to create that space um, in any way we can. That space is so vitally important um, to me. Uh, when I think about being an administrator, when I think about what I deal with each and every day at a predominantly white campus, um, when I think about what I dealt with as a student, um, 
I believe that space is one of the most important spaces for black men and it prepares them for thoughts of uh, joining black Greek letter organizations or going into SGA or going into CAB or, or going into the world for their, for their job interviews or being in a relationship uh, with that partner that they want to be with. Whatever it is, the goal is to be able to prepare them. It's a prepping ground um, for those spaces where they can be so those individuals can be their best possible. Period. Stop. I'm going to stop because I could say so much more. I would definitely say um, I do greatly appreciate that answer. Um, but that for me and this one, I'm not going to say the one of term. I'm going to say that is the most important space here on campus for me. And I think um, that a lot of other people can relate to that to that statement right there. Um, for me, without that aim space, I don't think I enjoy Coastal Carolina as much as I do. Because what came of that aim space was relationships that I now think that I have for life. And I think the, the people in those the same relationships with with that, that I share that relationship with feel the same way. Um, it's a true brotherhood where I see people in aim around campus and dap up right away. And it's just it really is a true brotherhood. So short and sweet, I do greatly appreciate that space. And I greatly appreciate all the effort you put into maintaining that space and and growing that space and helping us as young as young black men um, grow and develop within that space. So um, I, I couldn't thank you enough for that space. Um, so many other people for that same way. So thank you for that space. I do appreciate that space. I just have one more question for you. Um, since this is a series in regards to Black History Month, what does Black History Month mean to you? Um, uh, Black History Month doesn't mean anything to me because um, I believe Black history is infused in everything that we do and to simply only place Black History Month in the term of a month um, is such a um, insult. However, if I can remove month from your question and say, what does black history mean to me? Um, black history means to me the, the lost stories of how we as a nation and as a world have gotten to where we are. There are stories that we know. There are stories of the, of the, of the Dr. Kings and, and of the um, uh, so many different people, Malcolm X, and, and so many different people that people talk about, but there are so many more stories that we don't even know at all because either A, there wasn't the ability for them to be told, or B, people felt as though that they should not be told. Um, and so as a result, for me, Black history um, is so vitally important to who we are today uh, because without it, um, we wouldn't be in this place. Um, and there's so much that we wouldn't recognize. The contributions of Black individuals over the years have absolutely been monumental to, to us being where we are. And going back to the AIM space, um, if it were not for Pat Singleton Young and the legacy that she created in this time, um, if it were not uh, for Ashley Gaddy and her support as director, and if it were not now for Joshua Moore and his continued direction provided to the IS office, if it were not for Atiyah Stokes Brown and her work that she works to give, um, then this space would be almost impossible to be able to maintain. If it were not for the pioneers over the years 
um, that have played a role, Robert Harris and um, and Austin Nichols and Terrell Oops, um, and and so many more individuals over time that have played the role in getting it to where it is. That is also part of Black history, even though it's not national and it's in a book somewhere. It's part of the history that has helped to make us on this day in February of 2021 be able to see things the way we do today, um, which just serves as an example of how important how important it is. In the near future, maybe not near. I'll say in the future, you can throw my name into that list of pioneers because, you know. <laughs> oh, you want to be a pioneer? That's great to hear. I, 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 uh, that's, I, I, I'm glad to hear that. See, this is how I know he doesn't listen to my podcast. Because I, I, that, I, I definitely, I, I literally directed about I 30 seconds. I appreciate Daya saying to you to speak it into existence on that one podcast, though. And I appreciate her faith and belief in you being able to do that. Good job, Daya. First of all, also, I want to say to Daya, Daya, you've done a great job on the podcast that I've listened to. You've done a fantastic job. And I'm glad um, that you have a best friend of six to seven months um, that you have been able to connect with and find as your person um, here, even at his um, high of five seven. This is what our conversations consist of most of the time. It's it's very, you know, the conversations are great, but he will throw subtle jabs in there. And I do too, but that's just, you know, and you got to appreciate for him. I do appreciate you for taking the time out of your always busy days. Um, I knew you would do so. I just had to push you to do so and, and, and kind of, you know, get on your case a little bit. But um, no, I do really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show, be a guest on the show. Um, it It means the world to me i i don't think words can really describe just how much this means to me um i do really really appreciate it Tariq, you are a fantastic individual who is helping make coastal a better place than it was when you got here and i'm so absolutely glad that you initially chose it um, and that you have continued to decide that this was the place for you because we as a university are and will be a better place because of who you are and what you give to it. And I'm so proud of you for this podcast that you've developed, being one who was near you when the thought first uh, (laughs) came into your mind and began to come into fruition. I am so incredibly proud of you. Um, And I appreciate the honor, because it truly is an honor, um, to have the opportunity to be on, um, on this podcast. I do appreciate those words. You know, everything you say to me, um, goes in one ear and out the other now but everything you say to me means <laughs> it means a lot i do genuinely genuinely appreciate um every everything you say everything you have to offer and and just you know the relationship that we have so um thanks again for being on the show um i will see you soon we will hear from me soon i will be texting you calling you soon um, <laughs> thanks again have a good night all right take care sir wow um, that for me was, was fantastic. Uh, I hope everyone can enjoy that. I hope there's stuff in there for people to take away from that, uh, very riveting conversation to me, um, with someone that I, I do again, greatly, greatly appreciate. Um, again, Travis Overton, chief of staff, vice president of executive initiatives here at coastal Carolina, um, and aim, aim advisor. Um, so, uh, I, I, I thank him for coming on. Um, I'm again, very appreciative and, and I hope you all enjoyed it and I hope you all took something from it. 
Um, and and if 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 you didn't take anything from it, that's fine as well. But I just really hope that you enjoyed the conversation there. That was absolutely fantastic for me. I'm super excited to to have had that conversation with him. Um, and to continue on this path, this is only the first episode, so things will continue. Uh, Black History Month series, uh, Black History Month Beyond series will continue, um, and I hope you all stay tuned for the rest of the episodes as well, uh, and for everything that's to come. So again, I hope you all enjoyed it, uh, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day as well. <laughs>